time again for Buddy Martin. Call him up and tell him what you're thinking. But be kind because he's doing the best he can. Better. Stronger. Faster. Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Hey! What if the voice calls while you're gone? Take a message. <laughs> I'm ready for this my whole life. I'm incapable of small talk. <laughs> but that's why you love me, right? Kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. Good evening and welcome to September. It's September the 1st. That means in 25 more days, the Florida Gators will get their season underway. Who'd have thought it? There were times when we thought it might not ever happen. It's still not 100%, but it's looking better all the time each day as they continue to go down that road. A very good report I just read today on the testing at the University of Florida. I'll give you that information in just a moment. Dr. Pete Delicato joins us about 20 after to talk about some of these things in terms of uh, total tests and what the results are. Florida seems to be able to take, uh, is taking care of it fairly well. You're not going to block it out for good, but they got the report since they've been testing on May 26th. I'll give you that. What do you think of all the heat on Nick Saban for marching with his team? I couldn't believe the mentality of some of the people calling in Paul Feinbaum's show. These last two days, five bombs showing great restraint. Some of the things that were said. Uh, and I think Nat said it a minute ago. If he wants to march, he marches. And uh, the people whose narrow minds begin to get think about politics on those things are forgetting the human condition here and whatever. So I say good evening. Becky Smith Carlisle is back in the pole position tonight. Welcome, Becky. Dana Baldoff, as usual, dilly dilly, Brian Marchman. Kyle McGall-Long, Dilly Dilly from Cocoa Beach, Florida. Lynn Tindall, damn, no pole spot. You missed it, man. You got to get up early to give me this group. David Hunter, good evening to you, David. Yes, happy September to you. Uh, Nat, thank you for the hello. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm with you on the noon starts. Uh, Kyle McGall-Long, I don't like him. I think Gator fans have flashbacks. Rebecca, how's my daughter up in Pennsylvania tonight? Love to my granddaughters. Anthony Huggins, nice to hear from you. Um, you're right, Nat. It's Saban's right to march if he wants to. So get over it. Gene Kiersey, good to hear from you again, my friend. Uh, appreciate your work, kind words. Um, yeah, it's, it is my daughter's birthday in two days. You're right. Exactly. I'm going to wish her a happy birthday here, uh, well, on the night of your birthday. So happy birthday to Rebecca. Uh, Dan Bond, old Miss with lots of COVID issues. Yeah. That is, uh, if you've been reading and followed up, COVID issues, having problems, and also had some problems keeping offensive linemen. I believe they lost a couple. Uh, <clears throat> John Rager, yeah, thank you very much. Good man. John says, Tuesday night, Dilly Dilly turned off TV and turned on Buddy Martin on Facebook. Bless you, John Rager, one of the finest golf pros around. Uh, if you ever want your kids to take lessons or get involved, he's your man. Anybody for that matter. Patrick Fannis, good to hear from you. Ronnie Tomlinson and Dan Boyd. Let's do this real quick. Let me tell you about our fine sponsor, 
Jeffrey Meldon, Meldon Law. They sponsor Monday, Monday's, Monday nights at Meldon Law. Uh, and they were glad to be reported last night some things about Jeffrey's involvement uh, in our community in a big way. He's the newest member of the Lighthouse Builders. I'll tell you more about that group as well. So we say good evening and thank you very much for your support. And uh, Jeffrey Meldon, <clears throat> of course, their slogan, and we're going to hear from Jeffrey later talking about this, is uh, where you matter most. And you know what? That's not just words, as it is for a lot of companies when you say you matter most. Jeffrey Meldon uh, has a group here in Ocala called Brick City Lawyers. They're located in a new office they're building out on Pine Street. And we heard from him last night. We'll hear from Jeffrey later on. Uh, also, he sponsors the Meldon Law Scholar-Athlete. Uh, uh, both of them in Marion County, the, the ones for last two for last year, uh, and uh, they're a sponsor of the quarterback club of the Scott Brandon Trophy. So thank you for all that, Meldon Law, where you matter most. Okay, let's get to the calls or to the program and to the guests and see if we can't get the QB himself on here and talk. We did a show this morning, a uh, good show this morning, a lot of things to talk about, uh, and we'll talk tonight about some of the things that we've heard. Uh, well, I've heard, not necessarily Shane, about what happened in the scrimmage. I, I didn't get to see it, uh, but I have a few contacts, and I'll uh, we'll talk about some of those. And this would be the voice of the host of the morning show, Pot Up with Matthews. Evening, <laughs> evening, Shane. How you doing, buddy? What's happening, buddy? We're back, man. We just uh, we got filled up the whole day. I was just telling folks about some of the things, the topics that are going on here today, uh, and we weighed in on a couple of them. What amazes me is this whole thing with Nick Saban, how he's getting criticized for what he's doing. We talked about it some on your show this morning. Uh, and then did the Big Ten screw up totally or what? I mean, really. Oh. Uh, this is getting worse and worse and worse. And quite frankly, um, the – They've been embarrassed by Greg Sankey. And some of the now I'm not saying the season is necessarily a guarantee gonna happen, but first and foremost, let's talk about Saban. He marched with his team. I heard people calling Paul Feinbaum's show today. I didn't get a chance to hear it all day. I heard it yesterday. With the deep southern accents, nothing wrong with that. I'm a southerner as well, who is saying I ain't supporting Alabama no more. That's it for me, I'm done. Do you think Nick Saban gives a rip whether you support the Alabama or not? I mean, please, how important do you think you are, man? I mean, it's his right. You don't have to agree with it, but by all accounts, I think he's gotten a lot of kudos, and you said it best this morning. What did you say, Shane? Well, majority of his football team is made up of African-Americans. I mean, <clears throat> he's doing, he's supporting his players, and uh, for anybody to be upset with that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, and um, you know, you just, that's what coaches are supposed to do. These guys are their kids. Uh, parents, when they send their kids off to college, they trust that not only the head coach, but all the other assistant coaches are going to be like father figures to them and, and take care of them and support them. And, uh, I mean, that's what you got to do. And, uh, you know, what he's doing is great. As long you know, Dan Muller participated with our guys here last week and, uh, I mean, those guys on Paul Feinbaum's show, though, buddy, they're, they're crazy. Well, you're relatively new to this talk show host stuff. You've been around the media a long time. But you have to put your big boy pants on sometime and bite your tongue because it all takes all kinds. 
I welcome opinions from both sides. I don't do a talk show here, and it's okay. But sometimes I'm thinking, are these guys from another planet or what? You know, I mean, don't you get it in the situation we're in right now? So, and and you have a son, you played ball, and you know what I'm talking about. So, it's a tough call for a lot of people. I like that Dan Mullen didn't waste any time. He got right out there Friday. They weren't scheduled to do that. As a matter of fact, uh, they were late to the scrimmage because they were out marching because the team wanted to, and Mullen was right there with them. Speaking of which, I know you don't have any information for him, but I got sources. I got sources from the scrimmage. You don't have to comment on this if you don't want to. But I'm hearing, what I'm hearing is that the quarterbacks didn't look that good. Now, trash not included. They played a couple of uh, other guys, uh, and they had they didn't look good, uh, including Emory Jones. Uh, I'm also hearing that they weren't overly impressive in their young defensive linemen. And, of course, we talked to uh, Coach Mullen on Saturday morning on a Zoom conference. He said they really did they, – they had a rough go. They put the ball on the ground. They threw picks. They didn't play well. But overall, he wasn't – he was not – uh, not terribly unhappy. So I, I know you can't comment on anything specifically because your son is in it. But gener- ger- generically speaking, what was your takeaway from that? Well, I think anytime you have your first scrimmage, uh, who, who knows what's going to happen? And you got to remember too. Uh, I'm sure Coach Mullen said was not happy with some aspects of the team, and he was pleased with others. I think when you've been away from the game as long as we have. You know, with no spring ball, um, no live action. That's the first time you actually had the bullets flying, and I don't know if tackling was going on or not. But I, obviously the quarterbacks weren't hit. We do know that. Um, you know, it's, it can be rusty, buddy, because uh, they've been out of it for so long. Uh, but I, I think they have another scrimmage or maybe two more scrimmages before the season starts, and uh, things will get better. Uh, and plus, you know, scrimmages are not always great when you practice against your own teams, in my opinion. You, you know, you go against them every day and team-oriented drills, seven-on-seven, stuff like that. So you, they, they're used to your tendencies. But, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing you try to take out of early scrimmages, just mental errors, you know, penalties. Uh, I'm sure they had officials there. Um, you know, you don't want false starts and things of that nature. But – I'm sure it was good for especially the true freshmen that just enrolled because, you know, some of them wanted to, or some of them did enroll, I guess, uh, but didn't get to participate in spring ball. So still a long ways to go where we got about go over three weeks till we play. 25 days, um, baby. 25 days. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, I'm sure there were some good things and some bad things. That's how it always is in scrimmages. I don't think Luke's on the traveling squad. I don't know. Maybe he is, but that would be a chance for him to go and you to go back to your old stomping grounds there from Mississippi and go through the Grove. Arguably as good a tailgating experience it used to be. It won't be this year as you'll ever go to have. Well, here's the thing, buddy. Even if Luke was on the 70-man travel squad, which he won't be. I mean, think about it. They only dress 70 for SEC. So the entire year only yeah. 70 guys are dressing. So yeah. even 15 scholarship guys ain't suiting up. Yeah. Uh, we don't have those games where the entire team dresses. But yeah. it doesn't matter. Even if he was, I can't go to the game because we are not. We don't get tickets to the I away know, game. I know. Not even if you're media. So it's, uh, you know, that's what's crazy about this year is you're not going to have away fans in the stadiums at the uh, in the games. So when LSU plays here, they ain't 
the only way the LSU people are getting the, the tickets is if somehow they buy tickets from Florida fans that don't want to go to the game. Well, they don't get many. They don't get many. I mean, you know, it's like they're loaded with tickets. I mean, what would there, would there be, 20,000 tickets to that game, LSU, maybe 25? Right, but my, my point is that the SEC says that the opposing teams, they usually get an allotment for the away game. Right. We, Florida, now, this, this may be – I thought it was an SEC rule. I know it is for Florida. We are not allowed – and we are not buying – you cannot buy tickets to away games anymore yeah. this year. Yeah. So – there won't be any. The only way a Florida fan can go to a an a road game is if they somehow finagle a ticket from the home team. Hmm. Don't you have any Ole Miss friends out there? Oh, I yeah. I mean, I, I would love for us to be a regular season, the Grove packed. I would definitely be in Oxford. Yeah. But with with it not going to be like a normal. SEC weekend, I ain't going to waste my time and go there. I'm going yeah, to sit like you, buddy. I'm going to sit in my recliner oh, yeah. and watch it. That, yeah. that 11 a.m. That kickoff uh, oh, yeah. for Mississippi. Yeah. There ain't nothing worse than those 11 a.m. kickoffs. <laughs> Especially for the boys out there who have been partying. Uh, yeah, so I'm with you on that. I understand. I, I, um, I want you to tell people, though, what it's like, uh, what the Grove is like if you've never been there. I, I wrote a column about it one time, and uh, – I was, uh, you know, I was. I won't say whose name it was. Somebody in the media, uh, actually, I wrote a, I wrote a chapter in the book about it, and the experience. And I wrote, and uh, I got a, uh, I wrote a, so I read a column. Somebody kind of picked up what I wrote, must have liked it, and and reprinted it. So there you go. But under their name. So what's the mo- What is the, uh, what is it like? Well, it's a very unique experience. You know, everybody has great traditions, especially before the games, tailgating and, you know, different walks and the bands and all that. But the Grove is, is <laughs> it's, you know, buddy, they got, you know, you put up your little tent and they got chandeliers hanging from it. Mm-hmm. You know, they got all kinds of spread of food. And it's just, you know, it, it's the old saying back when I was growing up there, they, they, they never redshirted all Americans at Ole Miss. They redshirted Miss Americas there. Um, <laughs> That's so, great. <laughs> so it, it's uh, it's great scenery in Oxford. There's no question about that. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just going to be strange with no tailgating. Uh, I, I know that we, we just got to be lucky. We got to be fortunate. We're playing for football. football. There football. you go. There you go. It's in some but, of, yeah. but you know the 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 experience is just going to be totally different. Um, I think I read somewhere where they're going to be piping in crowd noise, aren't they? Doing well, that? I don't know that they have ever made a final ruling on that. Mullen was kind of ticked off about it last week, saying we haven't. They don't tell us. We don't know. They haven't made decisions on things like that, so I don't know. Um, so, but it would seem that would be logical. Now, you remember many years ago when Zook was coaching that he went to Auburn, and I was at that game. It was as loud as I've ever heard a crowd anywhere. Then I found out why. Auburn was piping them crowd noise on top of their crowd noise, for which they were fined five grand by the SEC. Uh, but I mean, I think they'll probably do a little bit of it. You know, they should because well, that's, that's worse. If they're only going to fine you five grand, I think we should do that every week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> take up five a collection, grand, right? A very hefty price for us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably be more now, uh, but uh, back then. So, all right. So I want to jump around a little bit on your, while I still got you before I have to let you go. I know you you probably got nine engagements tonight people to go to meet but anyway um, the schedule came out that we talked about the noon kickoff 11 a.m. in Oxford 
looks like it's all day games. Someone said, yeah, we don't get any night games. But the reason you don't is because you got a lot of 330s, and you want that 330 spot. South Carolina's a noon game. Uh, LSU is a 3.30 game, of course. Georgia, 3.30 game, of course. They announced the schedule. Any, do you see anything about that schedule that you want to talk about or anything that, you, that struck you about it? Well, I haven't really thought about it much. I, I don't know how far they've booked it. You know, did they book the CBS game for all 10 weeks? Or are they keeping some of them open? Towards I think the they end, better keep a couple, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I know people can be upset about night games, but let's think about it. The, the reason people enjoyed night games was because they could go down about, you know, 11 o'clock or noon, set up and tailgate to the night game. Well, hell, you can't tailgate. So yeah. who cares about a night game now? Yeah. Uh, you know, it would be good to wake up on Saturday, mm-hmm. do some stuff around the house, and get you a little lunch and sit down and watch football the rest of the day, you know, because, yeah. you know, the, the tailgating was part of the atmosphere and, and part of college football. And, and, yes, I love night games. I like the 330 games, but – Really doesn't matter. Well, the heat is what they're talking about. The being in the heat every day. Oh, our, our players ain't worried about the heat. I mean, yeah. well, the fans the are. Damn the fans. Well, the, we ain't gonna have many fans there. Yeah, that's no true. Point. There you go. That's true. Fans. I, I have uh, one guy who says he heard there are 500 tickets allotted for Ole Miss. Is what he says. So don't huh, know about that's that. News to me. I yeah. was I was told that we didn't get any. Or any away game. Well, you're probably more. Year, you're more. You might be more correct. Uh, but I could be wrong. No, you're probably right. Uh, someone talking about it's the old South. Yeah, I mean, think about it. It's just if you haven't know, it, it's a new level of uh, of tailgating. I mean, you, you they count they they have these like he says the chandeliers. They have these uh, formal tables. Uh, look with, yeah, with candlesticks holders and oh, you know yeah. and the they people dress up and dress and tie and oh, dress yeah. and it's just nothing like it. Now, I don't know if they still do that. That's been a couple of years, but it is an unusual and it's a beautiful place and a great experience. And I'm happy to have had done it one time. Let's talk about the Big Ten. Could they have handled it worse? I mean, first <laughs> of all, you go and you pull the plug way too early. I don't know what they were thinking. The presidents, there's some conflict about whether they actually did vote, uh, uh, but supposedly the presidents, only three people voted against it, against canceling the season, Ohio State being one of them. That's what one report says. But somebody tweeted today, after the President Trump thing, offering his assistance, apparently he called the Big Ten commissioner. And the Big Ten commissioner, Kevin Warren, uh, has said he had a productive conversation. And, and the president said he had a very productive conversation with Kevin Warren, commissioner of the Big Ten, about immediately starting up Big Ten football as a tweet. Would be great for everyone, players, fans, country, on the one-yard line. And, of course, now people are saying, which way? <laughs> you may be the one need to go 99 yards, you know, and not one. Uh, so I guess the president, political, those are states that he'd like to have nationally in Big Ten country. And then Barrett Salee tweeted this comment. i get your take on it. The Big Ten tried to be a trendsetter with no self-awareness about where it stands. Postponed the season too soon. And is now meeting with the president in the last-ditch effort to save the season. Yikes. Cool school presidents and Commissioner Kevin Warren should be embarrassed. What do you think about that? Well, I kind of somewhat agree with him, buddy. Uh, I mean... You don't hear anything about the Pac-12 out there. because They never wanted to play football this year. Mm. Um, I really believe that. The Big Ten wants to play football. 
and the, the, these these uh, presidents voted on it. They came out and said they had their doctors told them it wasn't safe to play, whereas other doctors said it was safe to play. Regardless of that, you know, I, I was on your show, on my show, wondering about the whole Kevin Warren thing. When you sit up there and tell people that it's not safe to play football, but then on the other hand, your son is suiting up for Mississippi State and playing. Mm-hmm. But after time has gone by, it wasn't Kevin Warren. I mean, this he was doing what he's paid to do, and right. he works for those presidents. Right. He had to he had to do what they were telling him to do. Um, but the Big Ten needs to be playing football. I mean, it is so silly for when you look at the state of Pennsylvania, the state of Ohio, when you have every high school team playing in those two states, you have the Cincinnati Bearcats playing, the Cleveland Browns, the high schools, uh, Cincinnati Bengals, all high schools, and then you got the Pitt Panthers, University of Pittsburgh playing. Um, I think you got a couple of other teams in in the state of Pennsylvania playing. Temple, I believe, is playing. But Penn State and Ohio State are the only two teams not playing football. It makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, obviously, but they the Big Ten should be playing football, and they they look really really bad now and. I would have been one of those parents beating down the door, yeah. signing petitions, yeah. you know, doing everything I could yeah. to allow those kids to be able to play. Yeah, I agree. All right, Shana, tell people who you got on tomorrow on uh, Pot Up with Matthews. Yeah, uh, I got Todd Johnson, former uh, defensive back here, played with the Bears for a while. Uh, and then, I, buddy, guess who I got Thursday? I'm looking forward to this. I got old Norm Carlson. Norm Carlson. Wow. I didn't know he yeah. was even talking on shows anymore. Well, That's he, great. He, I don't think he is. I kind of – I tracked him down, and, you know, he doesn't have any idea how to do Zoom. So we're going to oh, no. Oh, no. You know, walking through that. Normie's lucky to get and to then, the phone uh, these days, you know. And then on Friday, we got a pretty good uh, – we got some two guys. Uh, we'll interview with two guys named Bowman Spurrier. So we'll, that's gonna we'll be great. That, that I gotta see. That I gotta see. I'll be tuned in for that one. By the way, when you talk to Norm, ask him about the story how he and I were competing for the same job. Because if he didn't get the job as SID, I was the next guy up. He likes to add. He, yeah, oh yeah. He, he Norm was a little older than me, but. Uh, he likes to tell the story like we were two high, probably highly prized recruits in different hotel rooms being stashed away by Ray Gray and all that stuff. But it's true. Uh, I, I wasn't going to get it. But uh, Norm, uh, Norm, if Norm didn't take it, I was supposed to be next man up. Who, who knew? That would have changed my life completely. So um, anyway, yeah. thanks, man. Appreciate it. Good job, Shaner. Don't forget, if you're a Gator fan, it's the best show around in the morning. You want, you want to go to Facebook, pot up with Matthews. He has great guests. And, my gosh, he gets Bowden Spurry on the same show? Are you kidding me? Shane, don't make the mistake of calling him the old ball coach, okay? You, that's right, bro. No <laughs> doubt about it. Hey, man, have a good night. Thank we'll you. All right, Shane Matthews. All right. Uh, doing quite well in the talk show business, I might add. Let's uh, let's see if we can go get at our, our good friend, Dr. Pete Indelicato. Uh, and uh, I'm anxious to hit, run some of these numbers. I didn't get a chance to say to Shane, uh, they're pretty good. Based, we'll find out. We'll take a look at them, uh, and we'll talk to Dr. Pete. He's the uh, team doctor, team physician emeritus. Uh, for so many years, he was with the Florida Gators, and of course, prior to that, he was with uh, the Dolphins, the Giants, and he's been around football. And he's still active and does a lot of things. So let's see if we can get Dr. Pete up to talk tonight. 
waiting for him to answer his phone. I think we I've may. I got it. You got it. It's the doc. It's it's Doc Pete. How are you, Doc? Okay. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, and uh, I can't believe I'm only 25 days. We might have some football around here. How about that? Oh boy, that's great. Yeah, that's <laughs> everybody's great. excited about that. Yeah, uh, Doctor Indelicato, uh, how did this happen? Because this this thing was almost awful, on awful, and here we are. It looks like there's a good chance that the, this first game will come off. Yeah, I, and I'll be the first to say I'm uh, uh, pleasantly surprised. I thought that there would be a lot more bumps in the road. Uh, not only for uh, the University of Florida, but for the, for the whole college football scene, uh, mm-hmm. particularly you know the, the the major conferences that that have decided to to uh, move ahead. I'm I'm pleasantly surprised there aren't uh, more issues. I tell you what I see. I see if I'm a poker player, uh, I wouldn't want to be sitting at the table with uh, Greg Sankey. And because uh, uh, he just spanked Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, uh, and really embarrassed him. Now, that's not to say that Florida's out of the woods yet, but, and the SEC's out of the woods because right. there will be COVID, as you know. Uh, but uh, what a difference in the way things are running. By the way, he didn't do it on his own. Uh, Warren was told by his bosses, and if he believes some of the reports, they took a vote from the presidents, and there are only three people who voted for football, and one of them was Ohio State. And I can't verify it. that's one of the reports going around. So, but my gosh, uh, if they pull this season off, it could be amazing. And somebody said, well, you don't have to put an asterisk by it. No, no asterisk. Like Shane and I were saying this morning on his show, put a couple exclamation points on it, man. If you get through this season and you win this 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 SEC uh, schedule and you get through this thing, man, they should give you the dead gum Nobel Peace Prize or something, you know? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, uh, given the strength of the conference, uh, uh, you're right. It should be exclamation points, not asterisks. I got the report just now today on the latest uh, testing, and I don't know if you saw these numbers tonight or not, Uh, and I apologize if I'm giving you something you don't know about, but I do think uh, it's worth mentioning it seems like they're very, I mean, they are healthy. I mean, what the heck, what we see. And uh, for, for for this big number here, total positives for August, zero. Yeah, I saw those stats. And, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm very pleasantly surprised. A, a little word of caution, though, because as you know, the students just got back yeah, uh, yeah. on campus yesterday. So um, I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, you know, but there, there probably will be a little blip, uh, uh, you know, over the next seven to ten days with the uh, am- amount of, uh, certainly the amount of students that test positive on campus. Uh, hopefully, uh, uh, there still can be a semi-bubble around the uh, the football program. Well, let's talk about that for a second, okay? Because if you look back in history and you look back at what's happened traditionally, anytime there's a holiday, we know that just by the numbers, 4th July, et cetera, uh, any any kind of cataclysmic change like kids going back to school, a movement of people in large numbers. I go back to 19, 
18 or 17, when they had the Veterans Day parade, this is, of course, the flu they were dealing with then, uh, the Spanish flu. Uh, and I read up on this, and I got a great book for you if you haven't read it, by the way. Um, and this, and this, they, they, they were determined in Philadelphia to have this Veterans Day parade they, through hella high water. And they just got yeah. devastated by it. I want to say 75,000 people died. It was a huge number of people because they all gathered in one place and, and didn't follow the science. Now, obviously, this is a much better controlled deal. Still not good. And we're still, we don't know. But if these numbers spike, it could endanger the season. So, but let's take these numbers a second, Pete. Uh, the numbers are since student athletes turned to campus on May 26, 687 total tests. Um, and uh, all student athletes total tests on campus, 1,017 uh, student athletes total positive. 35. That sounds pretty low to me. Um, and then since student athletes returned to campus May 26, total tests, 298 in August, positive, zero. Total tests on campus, 459. Total positives on campus, 21. So there is some COVID out there, and the players seem to have isolated themselves pretty well. Yeah, and 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 that the, the, those facts cannot be uh, uh, underestimated. I mean, they, they're 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 it's data. I, I will say also about going back to the Spanish flu. A lot of the, uh, not a lot, but the vast majority of people who died were in, uh, between twenty and forty years old. Yeah, and at least the lower end of uh, of that spectrum is is basically what we're. Roughly what we're talking about as far as the age of college students with this particular virus. Right. So, so my my point is is that there will be uh, there'll be people, uh, Florida students that get infected with it, but whether or not they're actually going to be sick from it uh, is is yet to be seen. Hopefully, if we believe the data like like you and I do, uh, they're they're not going to be significantly sick from it. And, uh, of course, that will affect, even if you're a little bit sick, you know, with, with the quarantine and the, uh, uh, how, how this sport is set up, it, it, it could affect, you know, the, your practice and, and uh, availability and, and those types of things. So we'll have to wait and see buddy yeah. um, just what's going on with I'd say within if we can get through the next 10 to 14 days mm-hmm. uh, keeping a, 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 a you know low but probably not zero low mm-hmm. level of the infectivity or positivity um, I think we're through the, the, the rapids if you will and uh, yeah. we'll, we, we should be in good shape for September the 26th I noticed there's a couple of statements that came out. I know that we had the uh, we had the uh, some players on a Zoom call last night. Marco uh, Wilson was one of them. Was one of them, yeah. and uh, I loved his attitude when he was asked, "Did you ever stop? And were you considered opting out?" Here's a guy that's going to be a first round draft choice, very likely. Right. Uh, and right. Uh, he said, "Never crossed my mind. Uh, it never crossed my mind." And uh, and I, I I get the monetary figure and how the importance is of you know of, of protecting your future but he's got a lot at stake now Jamar Chase from LSU he's out 
He said he's not yeah, playing. He's out. Yeah. And, and I respect that. That's fine. That's what he thinks he has to do. But I think you look at what's happened, and you say Jamar Chase, and now they also have uh, another uh, defensive lineman uh, that 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 who is going to be out. Maybe their best defensive player, um, uh, Tyler Shelvin. He's opting out. Uh, that's a big hole even for LSU, uh, who's got a lot of good players. But there's a lot going on here, and I think you said this a long time ago, and I agree. Uh, the team has got a good health system and got good physicians and, and good health care system has got a better chance of surviving this and maybe having a chance to win a championship. And I think Florida has to be considered that group, don't you? Yes, yeah. Um, you know, and LSU, I think, only has five – five starters returning uh, yeah. this year, right? And right. then uh, I think two of those starters are the two you just mentioned that yeah. decide to opt out. But, you know, it's, it, it, everybody's uh, got a different uh, yeah. background and different reasons for not opting out. I think the fact that the uh, the NC2A said that you can opt out this year and not lose a year of eligibility yeah. is going to factor in in, in uh what kids decide about what they're going to do yeah. and, or not do, right? Right, exactly. Well, Dr. Pete, where do we go from here? What are you looking for in a trend? Uh, what do you see happening in terms of, I know it's unpredictable, it goes day to day, but uh, are you optimistic about the Florida Gators and what they're doing and their chances to keep players healthy to compete? Absolutely, the answer is yes. Certainly a lot more optimistic than I was uh, uh four to six weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's based on the fact that, uh, that, that you know, the statistics that you, that you, that you uh, read about, it's, you know, zero people have tested positive, zero of the athletes tested positive. I mean, that is a great uh, uh, um, accolade to, to the, the, the players, the staff, the support staff, uh, the administrative staff, that, that's that's uh, something you should uh, pound your chest about. No, I think that was sure. Well, it's going to be interesting. Thanks for coming on with us, Doc, and coaching us up on his stuff. And uh, good talking to you as well. Uh, you're not doing any more personal chef jobs, are you, for Urban Meyer? <laughs> <laughs> not, not since not since the last one. No, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm 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 uh, you retired on that. What? <laughs> I'm not retired. So I'm just taking a break from that. <laughs> I understand. Hey, buddy, thanks for thanks for reaching hey. out to me and uh, anytime and uh, uh, stay uh, stay safe and stay well. Okay. Thank you, and you be careful out there as well. And uh, uh, tell Spurry he needs to give you a few more shots. Okay. Yep, yeah, talk to him today, yeah. I will. All right, Dr. Pete Delicato. All right, All right. All thank right you. buddy. Thank you, Thanks. Emeritus uh, physician, team physician, Dr. Pete. All right, well, I'm going to call, get a hold of our friend right now, David Moulton, um, and we'll talk about what's on his mind from a more, I like to say, more global. Well, I tell you about Restart Medical Research. <clears throat> My friends over there support me for a long time. I want to thank Joe Sorrentino and Mary Brantley. And I want to thank them for a lot of things, not the least of which is the terrific facility they've got here in Ocala downtown, Superior Medical Research Facility. They have a proven reputation with a high-quality, patient-centered clinical research facility 
bring cutting-edge clinical research trials to Ocala and things like Alzheimer's, <clears throat> psoriasis, osteoarthritis, migraines, fibromyalgia, along with many other conditions that affect our community. Clinical research studies are regulated by the FDA, and safety is closely monitored by Independent Review Board. Get a free memory evaluation. If you're concerned about the experience of memory decline, you can be eligible to receive this. Call them at 352-629-5800. That's 352-629-5800. Or go online at www.rentstar.net. Rentstar Medical Research, seeking tomorrow's answers to the health questions of today. All right, it's time to talk to David Moulton. David, of course, talk show host in Southwest Florida. He also covers the SEC every week with CBS in the press box. And uh, I consider him to be a student of the game. So this is the student of the game with a golden throat, David Moulton. Good evening, David. Hey, buddy. How are you? Well, I'm doing well. Thank you. Consider what we're going through with right now. And I'm really doing well thinking about we're going to have a football season. Yeah, it looks that way. I mean, you know, COVID's, uh, you know, rearing its ugly head in a couple of places. You know, I'll burn for one. But uh, so far, you know, so far it looks like uh, we can at least get this thing started. And uh, once we get it started, I think it would take an awful lot for us to uh, stop it. Yes. Uh, I guess you're probably all into the thing on the Big Ten and uh, the president talking to Kevin Warren. And it looks like the Cats and Jammer show. Uh, that's an old uh, comedy uh, in the old days in solid films, I think. Uh, and what happened today further complicated and embarrassed the Big Ten with President Trump apparently calling Kevin Warren and talking about saving the football season. I didn't read everything on it. I saw a few bites. I got a story. I read that. I'm thinking, all right, I get it. They use what they can to get football. I'm, I understand that. What is your take on this thing, David? Uh, is it good? Is it embarrassing? Uh, your thoughts about the president calling and, and Kevin Warren pretending like he's going to be able to do something, and I would be shocked if they did well, I mean, I don't ever think it's a, you know, if the president wants to call you, I mean, you have to take the of call. Of course. So I, I don't I don't see how the president calling the Big Ten commissioner reflects badly on the Big Ten commissioner. I, but here's the bottom line. It's all about the university presidents. I mean, we've been saying this for a long time. I mean, if the university presidents and the SEC didn't want to play, we wouldn't be playing football in a couple of weeks. But they want to play, so we're doing it. But in the Big Ten, they voted 11-3 to not to play. And so far, I don't know of any of the 11 presidents who has publicly indicated they'd like to take another vote and do something different. I mean, and until... The university presidents, you know, like this, the coaches and the ADs are using the media right now, and they're trying to get the word out, you know, we're ready to play, we could play, we could start as soon as whatever. Well, yeah, of course the coaches and the ADs are unanimous and wanting to play, and yes, they could start at the end of the month. Players would be ready to go, the whole deal. The presidents voted 11-3 to 3 not to play. And remember, they've got jobs, too. I mean, they've got to worry about, you know, CYA. <laughs> so, I, you know, I don't know that 
they're going to rescind their vote, quite frankly. And, and especially, buddy, since the NCAA, unless you're a graduate transfer, is not allowing you to transfer. So there is not this great risk of a mass exodus. Now, it could happen, and maybe people go to court, but it's very unlikely. So until I start hearing the university presidents of the Big Ten want to schedule another vote and they want to change their mind, okay, then this is just going to be a great sports radio topic that isn't going to change. For sure. And it's uh, it's a great topic. I mean, I've never seen such a tumultuous world as we're in right now in my lifetime. I've lived through world wars and depressions and all kinds of things, but it's just about impossible not to turn on the TV and be have some kind of confrontation with somebody, whether it's over race or politics or whatever. And now we got it football. And I'm, if I'm the Big Ten people, I'm not real happy. Uh, if I've been living in Columbus or or, or Des Moines or or Michigan or whatever, I'm saying, do we got the right guy for that job? And you're right. He has a bo- he has bosses. It's the presidents they should be blaming it on, but they decided. Well, and, Go ahead. And I do think, buddy, that you know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I take warrants in trouble, but he does have the cover now of hey, you know, we had a big meeting. The univer- the conferences, health experts made their presentations. And the presidents voted 11 to 3 not to play. And, of course, I'm going to go along with what they want and what the health people have said, even though the sports people were yelling at me. And now if people, if things have changed, which I do think, by the way, you know, if the president is telling the truth and that Commissioner Warren really wants to play football sooner rather than later, well, he then has to or start working the phones and get the university presidents to change their mind. And there's still no indication yet that that's going to happen. It's already and, already too late, so, though, isn't it? It's, 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 well, uh, no, I no? don't think so. I mean, if you're, if you're listen, would you, if you're Fox and ESPN and the Big Ten culture tomorrow and said, you know, we think we could start the season by the second Saturday in October, would you find, would you make room in your lineup for us? They'd be like, hell yes. Yeah. Hell yes. Fox would. Oh, yeah. For sure. Because they don't have the Big Ten network. Well, they got, no, they don't. They have, they do have the Big 12, uh, which is something. Well, no, I think, no, I think Fox is 50, 51% owner of the Big Ten network. Well, they may be, but I'm saying they have, they're showing Big 12 games. Yes, they are, but they, they could change that. I mean, both. If Ohio State starts playing football, no, no, I'm, I'm not saying. I, I get where you're coming from. I'm not saying. And if it could be done, it should be done. Now, by the way, just so you know, if you're keeping the score, I just got a memo from a friend of mine who's uh, who was a, uh, a first responder in Gainesville. who said they were down to five cases today in Gainesville, and I don't know whether you saw the report out of uh, Gainesville today from the University of Florida. They've had uh, zero to- total positives for the month of August among athletes. Zero. So that's pretty darn good, I'd say, wouldn't you? Yeah, but this is also, I'm, you know, when, 
has school started in Gainesville? And I don't mean at the university. Started to, at high school. Well, I don't know about that. Started Wednesday. I'm just saying, though, for, there goes zero for August, considering what some no, of the other programs have gone through with. Look, you can't Absolutely. know. It's a stat that we don't know how to deal with, but it certainly can't be bad if it's zero. No. And, you know, and really there's only – you could count on one hand the college football teams who are having – what you would consider to be a bit of a COVID problem right now. So far, the sports world is pulling this off. I mean, they are. I mean, if you look, even yes, Major League Baseball's had some setbacks. NBA, NHL, WNBA, soccer, you know, tennis is back. Golf's had a great three months. I mean, so far, I mean, and the NFL has one player, one that's on their COVID list, and he hasn't even tested positive. He's on it because he was in contact with somebody who got COVID. So the NFL is pulling this off also, and they start in nine days. So far, the sports world is far ahead of society at large. No doubt about that. Um, and uh, my friend up in Gainesville says uh, they started school back two weeks ago in Gainesville, so... Uh, well, that's that's awesome because in <clears throat> four hours to the south, we started school yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sue's been back for two weeks, and he said uh, they've. Uh, so anyway, so that's good. And and again, uh, the numbers. It's funny these stats are the most important ones. I just talked to Doctor and being Delgado. You know, the team, the program with the best medical staff might be the champion. You never know. Mm. Uh, yes. And, you know, it's not just injuries this year, it's injuries slash COVID. Yeah. And the other thing is, who's going to opt out? You know, well, we saw LSU, that today. Right? Yeah, we saw that with LSU and, and Jamar Chase and now uh, the big defensive tackle uh, who is yep. uh, not, not playing. And you see 10 UCF players deciding. I saw, I saw that. that. That was all just them. That was self-induced. I guess yep. so, yeah. Okay, so Tyler yeah, Shelvin says he's out from LSU. We know about Jamar Chase. I loved what uh, last time we had players for the first time, Marco Wilson, the probably All-American corner defensive back for Florida. That, uh, by the way, that Todd Grantham says it's the most versatile defensive back he's ever had. Uh, they asked him, we asked him uh, in a group, if he thought about opting out. It said, never crossed my mind. He's got as much to lose as Jamar Chase does. He's a first-rounder, more than likely. Uh, you know, he said, never crossed his mind. Um, and I and I wouldn't – I mean, I don't hold it against Jamar Chase, and I wouldn't hold it against Marco Wilson if that's what they had to do to protect their career because that's, that's, that's life money that's game-changing, life-changing, and I understand that. But I love the noble, nobility of that and the spirit, and I hope he didn't get hurt, but – uh, that's the kind of glue that really makes yourself a real team. Well, um, I, it also helps when you haven't won a national championship. You know, that's the other thing. Good that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, you know, I've already won my championship, yeah. and uh, yeah. and they say I'm going to get drafted where? So why am I playing again? So yeah. you know, like yeah, I get and it. Mm-hmm. Let's face it: if you're Florida. You're highly motivated. You are tired of hearing about Georgia. There's nobody in that room mm-hmm. that has gone to Atlanta, right? Is there anybody in that room that was on the 2015 team? 
mean, no. Probably, you're going to no. have a fifth-year senior. No. But I don't know if there's anybody who, you know, was on the last team that went to Atlanta. So, you know, there's that's a highly motivated bunch right there. They are. They're at a pitch right now. And I loved for last night listening to uh, Todd Grantham. And I, I, the more I'm around him, I really, really like his attack style defense. And I think the wisdom of it is the versatility of his players who are somewhat interchangeable. So the multiple defenses and multiple looks he can give you, you don't know if you're going to be, you know, blitzed by the safety, uh, the, the corner, uh, the, the, the linebacker, or the peanut guy. He comes at you with all of them. Uh, and he, his timeliness has been when you win a game on, on a blitz and you sack the Tennessee quarterback and you it's a walk-off blitz, that's brilliant coaching to me. And I think there are times – now, look, it's risky, and sometimes he gets burnt. But you'll be at the SEC, I presume, games this year covering for CBS. I want you to ask around and say, okay, I know there's some good coaches that we can give you a couple of names, but how does Todd Grantham fit in that hierarchy among the top three or four or five coaches? i got to put him up there myself. Well, and think about the type of talent that you need – to beat a Gators defense with the scheme and the aggressiveness that he is now running. Because, you know, they've got the secondary that can go man with most anybody. Do, yes. Think of the talent that LSU had to have. You needed a quarterback that would play the arguably the greatest year in the history of the sport and go first overall. And you needed, you know, four other guys who are pros at skill positions in order to, you know, expose the Florida defense, if you know what I mean. Everybody else really couldn't do much against it. Now, LSU had elite talent, and it's tough to play that defense against elite talent. But how many teams are, quite frankly, ever going to be as talented at the skill players as LSU and Alabama were last year? I mean, even in the SEC, that's, you know, that's a very talented crew that got put together at quarterback and wide receiver last year between those two teams. I mean, even the SEC hasn't seen that very often. True. Well, yeah, I do. I think the personnel, I mean, of LSU and Alabama, certainly. But you know what? Some people think this is going to be one of those years where maybe even a, everybody could lose two games. I don't know because you, this schedule is a little different. You know, it's not the same. I, I mean, you got to remember, you know this. The one reason that you have to give value to the SEC is the caliber of opposition they play every week. You know, if you're a boxer and you get the bum of the month, you're going to be all right for a while, right? As they used to call it, Joe Lewis's guys he fought. But when you're fighting the champion every week and you're looking down at the schedule, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Texas A&M, LSU, Missouri, Georgia, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Tennessee – you know, there's no rest in there, and it's not except that one open date, and it's for everybody. Because by the time you get to, let's say, Kentucky, you may be uh, beat up, and you probably will be beat up, right? Uh, when you got to go up against some of these physical heavyweights. So this is why it's like the old black and blue division, remember, uh, in the NFL? Uh, was that the Central um, and uh, NFC Central, whatever? And, and when you get physically beat up, it takes a while to be able to get your legs under you, and it has a residual toll. 
well and with more conference games this year. You know, I mean, there's a reason why the SEC has not wanted to play this many conference games because you run the risk of beating yourself up, yeah. of turning yourself into a mini NFL where everybody's going to ding everybody at some point. I mean, you know, when's the last time, buddy? I mean, you think about it. Florida's got three games that you look at, and you're like, wow, oh, these are these. This is hard. LSU, Georgia, which they have every year, and then A&M. And Alabama's got four games. I mean, there are four games that Alabama plays in which you go, mm-hmm. well, you know, they could lose this week. When's the last time we thought that? They, because LSU, Auburn, and A&M are legit, and their crossover this year, they got Georgia. I mean, when's the last time we looked at Alabama just from a schedule standpoint and went, Damn, they got four really hard yeah. games on their schedule. Yeah. By the way, for you know, those I keeping scores, six or seven really good teams in the SEC this year. Yes, sir. You want to name them? Want to name them? All right, name them. Here we go. Well, you got the four in the West and the two in the East. Right. I thought you. you know, yeah. Well, they're all playing each other. Yes, they are. By the way, the Rays got beat tonight. Just I know you follow them sometimes. They they lost to the Yankees. They're on a roll right now. I've been watching them. They lost to the Yankees tonight. I think it was like 5-3 or something. So, a little baseball first, note. I think it's their first loss in New York this year. Probably so. Unbelievable. Up. They've been really dominating the Yankees. All right, so so now look at this whole situation as it is. It's hard to know because we don't think much past a day at a time because we just don't know. Now it's getting more real. It's a little bit of a little different pep in your step when you think you're going to have a – a season, uh, and now we got to start getting serious about how good these teams are, what they got, and why they might be a contender. Uh, I'm going to give you the first go. We can do the same old, same old and pick Alabama and Georgia, or we can do something different. But if you pick somebody outside of Florida, Georgia, and Alabama, what teams will be contending for the SEC title? Okay, so you're saying I can't pick Florida, Georgia, Florida, Alabama. Mm-hmm. And Alabama, LSU. And Georgia. No, I didn't say LSU. Okay. Um, well, LSU's lost as much as any national champion has ever lost, quite frankly. I mean, it, somebody took a picture of what their three deep looked like for the national championship mm-hmm. game mm-hmm. and just drew red lines through all the players that are no yeah. longer with the program. Yeah. It's amazing the talent that they lost off last year's it is. Uh, title team. Um, I'm higher on A&M than you are. Uh, I think that, you know, they don't have any excuses this year. They got a bad break with the redone schedule. They had a schedule that was laid out perfectly, in which in their first 10 games, the only game that they were going to be a slight underdog in was at Auburn and they had Bama and LSU as the last two games of the year. Now, two of their first three games are against Alabama and Florida, and they have to find a way to get a split in those two. But if they can, then potentially A&M can take it deep into the season, which who knows, maybe they're playing LSU with something on the line late. But I think Kellen Mond along with Trask are the two best, most experienced quarterbacks <coughs> in the conference. Uh, he, Jimbo returns like 20 starters. This is now an upperclassman roster 
There's no excuses for Jimbo and A&M. This is, you know, it might be a year early, but we thought that last year about LSU. You know, Auburn's had a couple of years in which Mm -hmm. their roster kind of lined up the way A&M's does now. This needs to be A&M's year. I think if there's somebody a little off the beaten path that's going to rise up this year, it's going to be A&M. Yeah, I'm not buying to that. I think Auburn, you mentioned, and our listener, David Hunter, I think they're still a team. Nick's in there. They're going to be pretty good, I think. And uh, I think they're better than A&M. In terms of Florida, that other division, I'm not buying Tennessee. And a lot of people, popular pick for an underdog is uh, is Kentucky. Everybody's jumping on Kentucky. Yes. I, I think Kentucky's an eight-win team, you know what I mean, at best, seven or eight. And uh, we tend to overvalue that because Mark Stoops does a terrific job, and they they won last year without a quarterback, and so you got to give it up for the coach. But in my opinion, I got my eye on Auburn over there as well, uh, and I'm also looking to see, but I don't see anybody but Florida and Georgia in the East. I don't see anybody else competing. Well, the good thing also with you picking Auburn is of the big three that they have to play out west. They, now, they have to go to Tuscaloosa, but I believe they get both LSU and A&M at Jordan-Hare. So they get two of the three at home also, and they bring back experienced quarterbacks. So, you know, they've got a COVID problem, though. I yeah. mean, they got to get that fixed. But, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. I mean, Gus with an experienced quarterback who can run a little bit. Yeah. You know, they're going to miss those defensive linemen. No doubt. They were terrific on D. Their front seven was maybe as good as it was in the league last year. So, as always, great stuff from David Moulton. Appreciate you, my friend. Good talking to you. Hope you're doing well. Stay safe down there. Have a good show this week, and hopefully we'll talk to you next week. David, thank you very much. Buddy, it's my pleasure, and uh, stay safe, everybody, and uh, have a good Labor Day weekend. All right, thank you. You too. Boy, I almost forgot about that. Thank you, David. Be well, my friend. Okay, that's going to wrap up our show tonight. I want to tell you before we go, though, about my friend and new sponsor who's done so much in our community. We're so thrilled to have uh, our new sponsor, uh, Melvin Law, and, of course, Jeffrey. Jeffrey, uh, this week... Uh, it was a big week for Jeffrey. Uh, he stepped up big time in Ocala. I talked to him about this, and we talked about some of the things that he's going to be earlier and he's involved in. Uh, and Jeffrey uh, is is a sponsor for the Scott Bradley Trophy now, the Ocala Quarterback Club now. He was inducted into the group, the uh, Gator Bait Lighthouse Builders, given a number 28. He's one of only 28, 29 people in that group. And he'll be the one who will give you an advisory board to Gator Bait on some of the things like what to do about the name. So we're very happy to have him in the family. And I talked to, to him today about his participation in the community. And uh, let's just see what he had to say. First, we'll put his picture over here. And then we'll see what Mr. Meldon of Meldon Law had to say. And I'm really happy to announce that you'll be a sponsor of the Scott Brantley Trophy, uh, which is an award for a student, athlete, football player, citizen, kind of like your scholar athlete that you've been doing. Uh, you're now a quarterback club sponsor, what kind of quarterback club celebrating football since 1955, and a member, actually a lifetime subscriber of Gator Bait, and a member of the Lighthouse Group, number 28, which means that you'll be weighing in on issues affecting people who are who are reading and taking part in Gator Bait 
and sponsor of the Urban Meyer Podcast. I want to publicly thank you for your support of, of this program, for all the things you mentioned, and it's just terrific to have a person like you stepping up in our community, as you do in Gainesville, to make things better. Uh, as one of uh, your so-called competitors said, who's a fellow lawyer, I uh, told him you were coming to town to advertise. He said, good. Anything he can do to make Ocala and Marion County better, I'm all for it. Well, thank you very much, uh, buddy. I, uh, I After this uh, show, I'm going to have to run out and get a jersey with 28 put on it. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm very proud to be a member of the Lighthouse group. And there's some great uh, names in that group yeah. that uh, are dedicated to supporting everything that you do to help uh, our community and the Gators. Yes, and Mike McGinnis, who, by the way, is also <clears throat> uh, a Lighthouse member and captain of the Ocala Quarterback Club, does a lot. Former SEC official. He knows who you are. Mike's a grandfather. He's on his leadership of the Quarterback Club. has done very well, and we welcome you to all of that. And once again, thank you. Now, I want to talk about some business, okay? I want to know, people don't really know sometimes how to select a lawyer, how to find a lawyer. You get questions all the time. Well, who should I get? How should I get them? But before I do that, let me ask you, your slogan, you matter most, what does that mean? What it means is that the folks that come to us are our, our North Star. We want to help people and it's not all about ourselves. You know, you know, lawyers, I think, get a bad name because they go on, you know, TV and, uh, uh, you know, everywhere. And it's all about them and they're the best and they're the greatest. Uh, what we try to do is make people feel like they're family. We want to m- make it about them. So that's what you matter most means. And I think that I've been practicing uh, law here in north central Florida for almost uh, you know 47 years now, and I absolutely am devoted to our clients, and that's how we get most of our cases. Friends and family, people that know us, uh, they give us a call and they say, Jeffrey, you know, I got this situation. What do you recommend? All right, thank you very much, Jeffrey Meldon, for your participation, sponsorship. Enjoyed the show tonight. Thank you to our guests, Shane Matthews, of course. Um, and Dr. Pete and Delicato, very good uh, information there, and David Moulton all coming to you. On behalf of them and our sponsors, uh, which would be Jeffrey Meldon and Meldon Law and Minister of Medical Research, I'm Buddy Martin. Have a great night, everybody. <laughs>